Welcome to Voices of Migration, Votes Migratorias, the podcast that shares stories of human movement and explores the topic of migration beyond the headlines. Una nota breve. Este episodio está en inglés. Si quieres escuchar los episodios en español, vuelve al feed y búscalos y lleven titulares en español. I'm Amy Mortensen, the host of today's episode. Today's episode is a special one for me as I speak with Carmela Caldert, an ex-student of mine. Carmela is a stellar graphic artist based in Barcelona, where she has lived for a few years since moving from her home country of Brazil. You are already familiar with her work as she designed the cover art for the Voices of Migration podcast. When I first met Carmela, she was a student in my seventh grade social studies class at Escola Graduada, or Graded School of Sao Paulo. Attending an international school like Graded afforded Carmela the opportunity to be fully immersed in a multicultural upbringing in her formative years. As a young child, her family moved several times within Brazil, and she also spent a few years living in New York before returning to Brazil to finish her secondary education at grade. Those experiences marked her as someone who would be comfortable in diverse international settings on the one hand, but also not quite as connected to her homeland as many people might be. She talks about that upbringing and how it led her to Barcelona, another international cultural mix. We also talk about the challenges of being far from family during the pandemic and news about Brazil's current political challenges. It's a heartfelt conversation that will perhaps leave you thinking about your own homeland and pondering your connection to it. Hello, Carmela, and welcome to Voices of Migration, Voces Migratorias. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, of course. For me, this is a very special interview because for many reasons, but firstly, because you were, I guess it must have been in 2003 or so, you were my 2004. I've lost track, but yeah, I think 2002, 2003. 2002, yeah. 2003, you were my student in yeah. seventh grade social studies at Escola Graduada, graded international school in Sao Paulo. And so it's so wonderful to have reconnected with you now that we're both in Spain. And secondly, I want to thank you for being the brilliant artist behind our mm -hmm. cover art for the podcast. So <laughs> just thank you for being here. I guess today I'd like to start with having you talk a little bit about your roots, your family roots. I remember teaching at Graded that so many of my students came from diverse backgrounds. I feel like there were a large number of Brazilian students like yourself, but that there was also a mix within the Brazilian student community as well. And so I wondered if you could just talk this morning a bit about your own roots and your parents and your family. Yeah, well, my, my parents are both from a small-ish town in the, in the south of Brazil, in Rio Grande do Sul, called Erechim. They both grew up there, they met there, and then they 
moved to Porto Alegre, which is where I was I was born in Porto Alegre. So I never lived in Irishing where they're from. But we always we always went back for Christmas or my whole extended family still lives there. After Porto Alegre, we just we started moving around a lot throughout Brazil. So I spent like a year in Porto Alegre and then we moved to we lived in Salvador, we lived in Rio de Janeiro, and then we lived in Sao Paulo. And then when I was nine, we moved to New York. My dad worked at a bank, so he would get transferred a lot. Ah, okay. Yeah, so that's why every few years we we moved. And then when I was nine, we moved to New York. And then when I was 12, around 2002, we moved back to Sao Paulo and started at Creative. Okay. And then you finished your your schooling career at Graded, right? You graduated from Graded. Yeah, I did. Yeah. 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 Which is, I think, the longest I've lived anywhere, I think, were those like, I don't know how many years um, from seventh grade to to 12th grade in in Zambala. Right. And how do you think that that moving around so much in your formative years, how do you think that helped shape your identity or how did that affect you as a young person? I think it was... I think it affected me a lot. I mean, I think I I struggled with it for a long time. I bet. Just because when you're young, you just kind of, I think it's hard to put down roots, you know? I mean, it was every few years moving and getting used to a new place. And at the time, it was very difficult and very, not negative, but it was hard to deal with. And then I think when I look back on it now, it's the best thing that could have that could have happened to me. I mean, I I think it turned me into a much more adaptable person. I think it, I don't know. And the exposure to different cultures, to different languages. I think it, looking back on it now, it was a really good thing. But at the time, I think I, I had a very hard time with it. Exactly. It's like you're developing while it's happening, not even realizing it as a young person, you're developing this toolkit for how to deal with having to move with being yeah. an adaptable person with being open-minded but at the time it's very challenging how do you think that attending a school like graded at school of sao paulo where it has such a diverse student body how do you think that graded helped shape your perceptions about culture and diversity i think i think it was it was really i mean it was a really great experience i think in one sense, it was really good for my sister and I to come back to Brazil and, and be in this international setting. I think it would have been a hard transition to just go back to a Brazilian school and have to reintegrate into a Brazilian culture that we didn't feel like we were 100% in anymore. So it was, yeah, it was good to come back and and be in a place where there was Brazilian culture. We were in Brazil, but at the same time, we spoke English all day and we met people from all these different places. And I think I think it just broadens our minds a lot and our Right. Yeah. Right. It seems, I mean, looking at your history, it seems like it was the perfect fit for you yeah. and your sister, who I also taught as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Because I think one of the amazing things about Graded is that there was such a big population of Brazilian students who, for the most part, spoke English. Many of those students were well-traveled, had maybe even lived in other places. But then there was also a huge international body of students. Yeah. But what was really great is that I feel like the Brazilian culture really did pervade the school in a very positive way. I, I remember having, after having teaching there for five years, going back to the United States and my mom saying, but honey, you're speaking English like you have an accent. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I, I can see where for you and your sister, that would have been a great fit because you still had the Brazilian culture, but you were also getting this very international mix, which you must have experienced while you were living in New York. Yeah, yeah. I think once we moved to New York, I didn't want to move to New York. I mean, I was nine and I was, I didn't want to go at all. Um, <laughs> right, Georgia, Georgia loved it. And then when we moved back to Brazil, I really wanted to go and she wanted to stay in New York. She actually lives in New York now. So yeah, I mean, I think... Going back, because I think once we moved to New York, we kind of, we got integrated into this new culture and this new language. And we were so young that like, we did that very easily. That I think going back to Brazil, it was, we didn't feel like we were Brazilian anymore. Um, right. Oh, that's very interesting. Where you felt sort of outside of your own yeah. culture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we spent three years, you know, we'd go back for Christmas and things like that but I think we spent three years in this different place speaking a different language having different experiences and I mean even today I think there are certain things about Brazilian culture or about things that happened while we weren't there that we still kind of we have these gaps in like our experience so I think it was it was at the time it was very hard to feel like we were truly Brazilian. I think today I realize that these things can coexist and you can be many different things. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's so interesting that I'd love to hear those perceptions because having worked with young people in many different international schools around the world for so long, I feel like there are many people that have a similar story and it's fascinating. So you did end up attending university in the States, correct? I did. I did. Yeah. I think one of the things that really influenced me and I had a hard time with in high school was that most of my friends were from outside Brazil. And so most of my friends were planning to go to college outside of Brazil. And I just kind of went with it. And so I did, I did go to school in the States. I went to Savannah, Georgia at first, which is... There's a, an art school there, but it was it was very small. And then I spent a couple of years there and then I went to, I finished my college degree in Miami. I spent a couple of years there. So to go to make that transition then back to the States at the time seemed very natural to you because you had so many friends that were going to go to university there anyway. Yeah, it felt both natural and both not natural, I think. I, I never felt like going to college in Brazil was an option. I think the main reason is because I, I 
couldn't I I think the like the natural choice would be to stay in Sao Paulo and go to some college in Sao Paulo and I really hated living in Sao Paulo and so I think I just never really it just didn't it didn't make sense to me right it just wasn't even an option at the time yeah yeah and I think I felt a little bit like I'd I'd end up being alone there, you know, with all of my friends going to the States or to Europe or everywhere else. I felt like that would be, um, I don't know. I felt like staying in Sao Paulo, I, I felt a little stuck. And so, yeah, it made sense. It felt, it felt strange when I actually did move to the States. It, it felt very strange. And most of the friends that I made in college were international students as well, because I think it was just, I think it's easier. I, I, we feel drawn, I think, to people who've had those similar experiences of living somewhere that isn't, you know, where you're from. So, Of course. And also of having just a more global vision of the world because yeah. of where yeah. they lived as a young person. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And so what eventually led you to Barcelona? How does that how does that play? And how did you end up... Because you, did you start your career in Barcelona or you already were going with your career and then you moved there? Well, there's a, there's a bunch of years in between there. After I finished college in the States, I spent almost a year in, in Florence, in Italy. I did like a kind of like a post-grad in art, which was nice. I met a lot of American students there. Actually, I think I met more Americans there than in the States. And then after that, I was a little bit lost I wasn't sure what to do I was in the states for a little while but I didn't have a I didn't have a visa so I couldn't really stay and then eventually I actually moved back to Brazil to to Porto Alegre and I spent a few years there I met my current girlfriend Bettina and we so I moved to Porto Alegre and that was a little strange for me I think to be back in Brazil in a fully Brazilian setting right everyone I knew there yeah I mean, yeah, you haven't I mean, been everyone, in a full Brazilian setting yeah. in a really long time by that time, yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I had, you know, when we visited our family or something, but it was strange to be in Puerto Alegre, which is smaller than Sao Paulo, less globalized, I think. So everyone I knew there was, had pretty much always lived in Brazil and, and things like that. So it was a little strange. And I think after a couple of years, I started feeling like I needed something new and I needed to experience something else. And so your first endeavors in your career were in Puerto Alegre then? Yeah, yeah. I had, you know, I had been painting a little bit and I had been in a couple of exhibitions and I I had worked in in Miami in a couple of art fairs. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which was more like the the production side and like the setup of these art fairs, um, which was really, really interesting. But with like in Brazil, I started working with with graphic design and going a little bit into illustration. And then in 2017, 16 or 17, we started talking about going somewhere else. And and Bettina had always wanted to live somewhere else as well. And so we started looking into and I had I had spent a month in Barcelona when I was 17. Okay, studying art and Spanish. And I, I fell in love with it. Barcelona so has that impact. It, yeah, when we started talking about it, I said, let's go to Barcelona. And she said, okay. 
and it actually worked it was more luck than anything but you know there's so much art and so much culture and so we both came I did a master's in illustration and and she came to study photography and and it actually worked out a lot better than originally planned no yeah. that's uh, yeah I mean it seems like it would be a really good fit for yeah. the both of you Barcelona itself is such an international and dynamic city obviously yeah. much smaller than a Sao Paulo but yeah you, know, you didn't you weren't happy there anyway that yeah. Nicopolis Barcelona no. <laughs> is not that so how does it feel now that you've been a few years in how does it feel living in la comunidad española catalana do you feel like it was easy to acclimate into the Spanish culture do you feel like you've you know you it, I can imagine that it wasn't difficult to learn Spanish being a Portuguese speaker because I had spoke Spanish before moving to Brazil and learning Portuguese was quite easy yeah yeah, I, I took Spanish a few years actually in in high school, and then okay, after so living, had some. yeah, and living in Miami, I, I spoke more Spanish than English almost. Of course, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it was a little bit difficult when we first got here because studying in Spanish, being everything was in Spanish, but it was it wasn't it wasn't too hard, especially with Portuguese. And when I don't know a word in Spanish, I'll just say it in Portuguese, and it might be the same. I think I don't know that I would say that we are fully integrated in Spanish life, I think, because most of the people, even in when I was studying, most of my classmates were Latin American or foreign. There were very few Spanish people. And most of our friends and the people we spend time with are from Latin America or, or Brazilian even. But it's... I've, the local people that I do know and spend time with, I, I, I work at like, a, I rent a space at a shared studio for the past two years. And that's where I've met more Spanish Catalan people. Ah, okay. Um, and, but the, but they're all very open and inviting and they all also spend a lot of time with a lot of people who aren't from here. So I think it's it's been easy in that sense. And the falling falling into having uh, a like a big community of Latinos as friends, did that just happen naturally? Did you and your partner seek out a Latino community or was it more just as you started your careers you began to meet people that were also from Latin America? I think it was natural. I think I mean at first we didn't know anyone and I mean the first friends we made here were through a friend in common who you know we had a friend from Brazil who lived in Paris who had a friend also from Brazil but who lived here and we ended up meeting him and his friend so and those were like the first people we met here and then when we started studying I think it just it was natural I think it's what I said before I think it's easier to assimilate and get along with people who are having that same experience so I mean I've always had that experience but for my partner it was it was her first time living outside of Brazil and so I think she really needed that I don't know if safety but that like connection with with people from the same place who are having the same experience of you know being outside of home for the first time and for me I think it's also just always easier to I think there's like a connection and an understanding between 
people who are are far from you know home. <laughs> Definitely. And as humans, we're just kind of drawn to people that are having the same shared experience that yeah. we're having. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, very, that's very, yeah. that's very true. It's been interesting because I've lived in in Valencia for ab- about as long as you've lived in Barcelona. Yeah. <laughs> and it's even though I've lived all over the world, it's the first time that I'm not in an international community. And so, you know, my my husband and I have really tried to forge strong bonds with many Spaniards and we've been successful. But I have to say, as an adult, it isn't easy if you and this is the first time I'm not in an international school and it feels like I'm in middle school sometimes again and trying to make friends and (laughs) yeah, (laughs) and not not because it's not because Spaniards aren't welcoming, but it's just a lot of the people that are in my circle haven't had the broader international experience that we have had. And so it's just, it's just interesting trying to navigate that. And it's all an experience and and it's all good, but it's just interesting to observe. Yeah. I think it's, I think, um, I mean, I think Barcelona and I don't know how Valencia is, but Barcelona is very, very international. Even the people who are from here, I think are very open to people from, from outside because it's just, yes, it's so common, but yeah, yeah. I think it does feel like middle school sometimes. (laughs) Exactly. to be perhaps the most challenging thing about having a career in Spain? I think, I don't know if I'm the best person to answer that because I work as a freelancer. So I don't really, I I have worked with Spanish clients, but it's not, it's not really the majority of, of the work I do. So, um, I work online so I can, you know, I can work for the States, I can work for Europe or anywhere. Right. It's, it's, but you continue um, to have clients that are international, yeah. even though you yourself yeah. are in Spain. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. Makes sense. I mean, most of the time, my, most of the time, my location doesn't really matter, but I do, I do, like I said, I do work at like a, at a shared studio with other, with other people. And I think the creative community in Barcelona is very, very active and very big I mean it it was when there were events and right (laughs) you know things like that but I don't I don't know if I I mean I work with very little with actually people in Spain so I don't know if I'm very qualified to answer right yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's fair this past year has been very challenging for most people on the planet. I know for myself that it has felt like the ocean between Europe and the Americas felt even larger because I felt Mm -hmm. like I, if I really needed to, I might not even be able to go home and to the States and be with my family if I needed to. How has that been for you? How have you dealt with living so far from your family during the pandemic? It was, it was very strange. It was a very strange year. Fortunately, I, nothing happened to anyone in my family or anyone close to me. So I mean, extremely grateful for that. I think the big, I mean, I was used to seeing my parents or my sister every 
four, five, six months. We had never, I think we had never spent a year without seeing each other. And 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 we did, and we did because we all made a, a decision when we went to Brazil for New Year's for, for Christmas, because it was Brazil was still open. We could still get in, which right. was good. And so that was that was very good to be able to go back and and see family and to have that connection again. But it was it was hard. It was strange. I think we were already used to talking on FaceTime and you know having a connection through texting or calling, but it had never been such a prolonged amount of time. So it was it was hard, but it was it was okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> And it makes a difference too. I mean, being able to have, you know, having your girlfriend and having somebody to, to kind of weather through it. I think that makes it, that made for many people a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't know if I had been, if I lived alone or I think that would have been very difficult, but I mean, I'm, I'm used to, you know, having long distance friends and having my family long distance as well. So it was, it was kind of natural to right. still have that connection through the internet. It was just, it was, it was strange because there was no end frame to it, you know? We right. Know. Ex- exactly. The not yeah. having an end game in sight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. still... And still, yeah. <laughs> we have a little bit more of a vision for an end game, but it's still a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, I mean, we don't know exactly what's happening. Yeah, we had a little break because we got to to go there and see each other, and we got a little break from the from the isolation. But right, right. Yeah. Now we're back. <laughs> Good. <laughs> From having lived in Brazil for so long myself, one of the things that as a foreigner there that I was always so impressed with was Brazil's deep, from the way that I saw it at the time, deep kind of multiculturalism, this this immense diversity that, and maybe it was because I was living in a major urban city, where as in a smaller village, maybe it's not that way. but where from my viewpoint, it seemed that Brazil was also had this way of being very comfortable in its diversity. I mean, from the food to the music, I mean, just looking at the holiday of Carnival, where it just seemed like people from all ethnicities, all social classes would come together for this very special holiday that they kind of prepared for all year. This is not to say that Brazil does not have many problems with racism and classism because it indeed does. And especially under today's political climate with Bolsonaro, who we all know is a huge racist, homophobic. So it's been a struggle in the past few years for Brazil. I'm curious to to know, how do you view your culture, having lived outside of it, both your time in the States and now your time in Spain, and then having just been back to Brazil for a long period of time? How do you see it from afar? I think, I think a little, I think a little part of me still feels like a little bit of a foreigner in Brazil. I think 
I think, like I said before, I have some some gaps in Brazilian culture from not being there. And I think sometimes I view it a little bit like an outsider. I think, I mean, it's an incredible country, an incredible culture. And I mean, I think the 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 warmth of of the people and just the openness is something that that doesn't, you know, you go somewhere else and it's just it's not the same. I think. Right. <laughs> It just doesn't exist at that level. Yeah, I think that's why, you know, Brazilians leave Brazil and are just drawn to other Brazilians because it's just this, I don't know, this culture that it's, you can't get rid of it inside you, you know? Um, Yes, definitely. Yeah, I think in the the past few years, it's been, it's been uh, strange to not be there and strange to go back with the political climate as it is and with this which I think is similar and has been happening in the states as well this just division and this polarization of opinions and it's been strange to see a a culture that's usually so open and, and you know people only see like the good side of it or you know the technical and the parties and the happiness and it's 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 been strange to see it from outside, I think, because I I haven't lived there after Bolsonaro was elected. And, you know, it's it's strange to see all of this negative, not just like negative attention, but just, you know, just these sad things happening in, in a place that's has so much potential and so much, you know, such a wonderful culture. Right. And sometimes I feel because there are many similarities between Bolsonaro and Trump. And I feel like, you know, living, having lived the entire time that Trump was president outside of the United States, that I have to say that there for me, and I wonder if you feel the same way, there were many times where I just was so thankful that I wasn't living in the United States and yeah. that I could view it from afar. And do you know what I mean? Which would bring on a lot of guilt, which I yeah. know that guilt is the, is the you know most worthless human emotion, but where then I would feel guilty about it, you know, but at the same time would feel so grateful that I didn't have to turn on the news every day and have to yeah. see his face and listen to the rhetoric and the polarization did you feel the same way or have you felt the same way? <laughs> I think I do. And I think I feel it not just with Brazil because I, I I did spend a lot of my time in the States. My sister lives there. My best friends live there. So I think for me, it's, it's at times I just feel so exhausted because I'm trying to keep up with news in Brazil and the news in the States. And I'm trying to understand what's happening in Spain and so I think, I don't know if I would say it's guilt, but it's kind of just this, I mean, it's been, you know, a, a few years of uh, global polarization. and a Right, global, of you just know, this general, like, malaise yeah. across yeah. the planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think, I don't know, I don't know, I don't think I feel guilty for not being there. I do feel a little relieved, yeah, but at the same time, it's just kind of, I am still involved and I do still have roots there and in the States and that's not a guilt I think it's more of like a struggle to kind of keep up and understand and and make sense of something that just doesn't 
make sense. I, right. I can't make of sense. Getting of through the political mire. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I very much relate to that. A little bit, I think, I think I'm, I'm glad not to be there because I, I don't have to have these conversations every day with people who have these, I think it's important to have these conversations, but it's, it's not every day having to deal with people who support Bolsonaro or who have the same ideas or who make excuses for what's happening. So it's a little bit, I think in that sense, yeah, maybe I do feel a little bit guilty for not being there and having these conversations all the time. But at the same time, it's relieving not to have to. So Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like it really is such a relief having gone home this past summer, still kind of in the heart of the pandemic and, you know, very much in the heart of Trump still, Trump and his presidency. Yeah. Just... Every conversation I had with loved ones or, you know, people in my hometown, which I also grew up in a small town, it was just rife with tension and either talking about the pandemic or talking about the political situation. And I felt just exhausted and was actually, I'm always sad to leave my family and my friends, but was so happy to be back in Spain and to be able to easily shut it off. And I think that's the part that makes me feel guilty is that I can shut it off. And I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. I'm still kind of (laughs) weighing that out in my head. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So Carmela, I guess to end up our conversation, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your future. Where do you see... And I know that's that's a hard question to answer yeah. <laughs> because you're still very young, newly in Barcelona. But where, when you look toward the future at this point, what do you see? Do you see yourself staying in Barcelona for a number of years because you are and have lived a very global life? Do you see yourself going somewhere else or perhaps at some point, you know, post Bolsonaro, a return back to Brazil? I don't. I don't know. I think. I see I see myself staying in Barcelona for I don't see an end to that. I think it's something I haven't felt before. I think before I always kind of I lived somewhere, but I was always kind of thinking about where I was going next. And I don't that hasn't happened since moving here. I think it's I don't know, I think it's a, a lifestyle that I that fits me very well and I can't I, I don't see myself moving back to Brazil I think maybe for a few months or maybe you know but I I think as far as I can see I think staying here is probably what's going to happen yeah and that I can imagine that there is a real peace in that too you know like being able to say well, when I look toward the future, it's here. Like I'm going to really establish myself here as a graphic artist. We're going to make a life here. And having moved around so much from the time that you were just little, that (laughs) it's probably, this is probably a relief too, to just know that, okay, Barcelona is going to be my city for the, (laughs) you know, for the the future. I think there's, there's still a little bit of feeling, like I said, we're not totally integrated in, in Spain, but at the same time, I feel like Barcelona isn't really Spain. It's so international and it's so, and it's Catalonia, it's not Spain. So 
yeah, I think there's still a long way to go to feel like it's it's home. But yeah, it's definitely the first time I felt like I'm where I want to be for an extended amount of time. So yeah, it is it is nice. It is a, a peaceful feeling. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm looking forward to the day, which hopefully is in the near future, when I can either travel to Barcelona again, and we yes. can actually see each other face to face for the first time in many years, or that you can come to Valencia, and we can see each other to. here. So yeah, I've never been to Valencia. So it's it's been on my list since I moved here, and I just never got around to it. So now, right. now we have to make it happen. <laughs> So I'm looking forward to that day. Hopefully that will be by the summer, maybe by the spring. Hopefully. We'll see how, <laughs> how things Hopefully. roll out. Carmela, thank you so much for joining me today. It's yeah. been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> me too. Thank you so much for inviting me. And and thank you so much for thinking of me to, to create the artwork for the for the podcast. I really, really loved it. Yes. No, you're welcome. I was thrilled because I've been following you, you know, for many years and, you know, just seeing your brilliant artwork when we were thinking about a a cover art for the podcast, I just immediately thought of you and was like, oh, you know, I haven't talked to Carmela since she was my student, but maybe I'll (laughs) reach out to her and see if she's interested. So for me, it's a, it's a pure honor to have your artwork (laughs) as the, as the cover art. (laughs) Well, thank you. It was, it was really great to work on it. It, was, it made me very happy to, to hear from you and to reconnect as well. Right. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Voice of Migration, Votes Migratorias. Follow us and subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, Evokes, Stitcher, or wherever you get podcasts. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Share this with a friend. Today's music is courtesy of Sale, Osmutanchis, Gilberto Gil, Guerrero G. Jesus from the Free Music Archive, and Daniel Michaelak for the new intro music. Voices of Migration, Voces Migratorias is a production of Shortman Studios with the hosts Amy Mortensen and Daniel Schwartzman. See you soon. Bye.